If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Everyone, this is an extremely momentous occasion today. Something has happened that many of you, including us, would have never in a million years dreamed would happen. I probably, I feel like I said that completely grammatically incorrect, but that's okay. You're Yoda. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Damn, I'm Yoda. Okay. Uh, y'all. Alex Washon, put the camera on yourself, you freaking fiend, you, you Sith Lord. Alex watched Star Wars. Yes. All six of them. All six of them. Yeah, not, not the prequel uh, series yet. He, he, he may or may not watch that, but the important ones, the important ones, he watched all of them. You mean the sequel series? Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. Not the pre the, the sequel. He hasn't seen the sequel series yet. He did see the prequels. Uh, the prequels are very important. Very, very important. But, yeah, you finally watched Star Wars, Alex. Why don't you tell everybody why you finally watched Star Wars? That's a great question, Nick. <laughs> so, uh, it has nothing to do with these guys. Very little to do with these guys. Um, I went to Disney World, and the Star Wars, I want to say exhibit, the Star Wars land is pretty cool. Okay, hold and on. You had been to Disney before, right? 15 years ago. Oh, damn. Okay. Very young. So I go to Disney World to Star Wars and made an appointment to uh, build, what is it, Savvy's Workshop? Navi's Workshop? Savvy? I, I don't know. Anyway, I, build a lightsaber. I, yeah, I don't know so, what's called. I've never done that. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I haven't done that. It's super cool. They're all very into it. Um, so I built a lightsaber. <laughs> and I'm walking around like, man... This place is like they did it right, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we went home and started episode four. Four. You, you started how a lot of Star Wars fans would say is the right way. You, you know, a lot of, I feel like maybe most, probably it's most. It's definitely the right way because it's the way that it was introduced to the world. Exactly. It, it was, yeah, exactly. That's kind of, I feel like that's the way. If if you've never seen Star Wars before, this is which, the way. Which which I would be surprised if you're watching this show and you've never seen Star Wars. But if you haven't, 
Yeah, it's you gotta start four, five, six, and then one, two, and three. So it's funny that Star Wars is probably the most referenced like fiction on this show ever. And no matter well, dude, what, it's like the most referenced fiction ever, ever. Yeah, that's probably true. That's it's that's the most universal piece of fiction ever. You're right. That's gotta be true. Like everyone in the far reaches of the jungles of the world the know who Darth Vader is. Right, right. <laughs> Everybody knows who Darth Vader is. So that's, that's a good point. I have dubbed Darth Vader in my mind the people's villain. And we'll get into that. I, yeah, I want to hear about that. Uh, I have a thing for villains in general. I think like the writing for villains is often the most interesting. It's often more interesting than like the writing for the heroes, you know? And I, I feel like Darth Vader is probably the most well-written villain of all time. I, I think you, he's probably also the most iconic. What's up? Do you think that has to do with uh, most people, I'd say, are, are e- e- like good, right? It's easy to be good. Yeah. It's easy to write good. Uh-huh, but yeah. you have to give a reason for someone to be bad. Yeah. People yeah. don't just be bad. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's what makes like a good villain is you and and there are exceptions for sure there are some villains where you don't have to have some deep backstory or whatever that are still awesome but like to see you know because okay let's you you watch four five and six those are the first ones that came out so if you're watching those first all you know is this dude darth vader is is crazy he's mad powerful he's extremely powerful with the force He's like sick with a lightsaber. Like he's scary. Yeah. He's ruthless. Oh yeah. He, he is ruthless, but you don't know why. And then you watch the prequels and it gives that character infinitely more depth. And he was already like, he had depth in the, in the original movies, but, um, but it, it just goes even deeper. So yeah. Okay. Here's a question. If we want to start, do, if we want to start breaking down these movies and getting into them, what order do we want to do them in? I think we should do it in because Alex had uh, kind of viewed them, you know, four, five, six, one, two, three. I think we should let Alex lead the way because he had been taking notes on like insights that he gained from them, you know. But I just want to yeah. say this is a big deal because we've been doing this show. We're now in year three. We have over 100 episodes. We have referenced Star Wars dozens of times, even just like in passing, you know, about the Force or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just hilarious that like – we now live in a timeline we never thought was possible where Alex has actually watched Star Wars, <laughs> you know, so. We've been saying a lot lately that it feels like we're in the best timeline. Uh-huh. And like, come this on. This is evidence of that. This is evidence of You're that. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. You, this is a blessing. It is. This is a blessing. And, and I'm very eternally grateful. I, <laughs> I love the idea of letting Alex take the lead. You, you cool with that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, So let's start four, five, six. Okay. All right. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. I'm probably going to hurt a lot of feelings here, but um, I'm not really prepared on four, five, six because I watched them longer ago no, than dude, I did one, two, three. No, dude, that's fine. We'll, we'll so jog your memory. So maybe breeze through. I've got some really good um, one, two, three. I've also got a lot to say about uh, four, right? Four is um, a new Darth, Darth uh, Maul. No, no, no. No, no, no episode no, one I'm is- sorry. One's Darth Maul? Yeah. Okay. Episode one is Darth Maul. Yeah, I'm, all the numbers. It's but okay. It depends okay. on your perspective. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because episode yeah. one is also the fourth movie. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm right. All right. And episode four is the first movie. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Nick, 
Take us through yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's four, do it. five, six. I want to know. I, this is what I want to know. This is what I want to start with. So you have this magical experience in Star Wars land. It is truly magical. Like Star Wars land and Disney is magical. They, they have the life-size ATAT. Like, and the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Dude, it's They're all crazy. walking around in, in like, like, you know, stormtroopers and like even the, the, just the Disney World employees who like work there, you know, your ordinary kids and like they're, you know, just show up and they like work the cash register. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they have to role play. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not dollars. They only say credits. Things right. like that. It's very <laughs> immersive. Yeah. So I, I like Han a lot. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. So coming back from Star Wars land, uh, you, what you start watching episode four. What's the moment in episode four where you get that first hit of like, oh, wait, this is going to be good. Like, th- this is going to be really good. I don't know if it happened in four. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's like, I'm an appreciator because I know that at the time that it came out, mm-hmm. it was world class. Mm-hmm. But the it way was evolution. The way it ages is not like... You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Just, just effect-wise. So yeah. I'm just watching for the plot. Uh-huh. I'm kind of giggling at some of the fights. Yeah. I mean, if um, it's your first time ever seeing it, dude. Well, yeah. let's be clear here, though. Like, I think you're referencing the fight between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in the end. And, and yeah. Very, like, very Im- special. Very important. Yeah. But to be, like, completely fair, like, the original idea of the Jedi was they were fighting, like, samurai. Yeah, that was the original vision. So if you notice the way they hold their sabers, they're they're like samurai. It's, yeah. it's minimal movements. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. until one, two, three where they're like flipping all over the place, which is awesome. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So okay, so we have episode four. Episode four is pretty basic. Like you got Luke on Tatooine. He's growing up. He's like this slave farmer kid, and then out of the desert comes this freaking wizard guy. Ben. Yeah, Ben, old man Ben. Uh, who you find out is actually Obi Wan Kenobi, and they uh, he has R two D two. Well, they get R two D two from the Jawa traders, mm-hmm. and Luke stumbles upon the distress beacon from Leia, and it's like, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi! You're our only hope." Luke is like, "Wait, Kenobi? There's that guy Ben Kenobi. Let me go see what's up with him." He's like, they describe as him as like some wizard in the desert, like yeah. some weird hooded. You know, and really, he's been there the entirety of Luke's life. He has yeah. for waiting, him. waiting for, for him. That's actually true. And if you ever, I highly, highly, highly recommend watching the Obi Wan TV series because you see what happened during that time when Obi Wan was on Tatooine waiting for Luke, and it was not smooth. He wasn't sailing. just hanging out. Yeah. No. no. No, 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 no. There's some very important context in that show. Um, but yeah, and and long story short, it's a it's a fairly basic, it's like your typical hero's journey plot. Yes. That's funny you say that because actually like I didn't want to like just come right out the gate with this, but there there's this incredible documentary that I highly recommend eventually you should watch it. Oh, Alex. Empire of Dreams. Empire of Dreams. Yeah. And it was it was pre Disney era, like it was it was not it's it's on Disney Plus, but it's not affiliated with Disney as a company. It was just completely made by Lucasfilms or whoever, you know, in the days when it was just one through six. And it's like an extreme you mean four through six. 
four through six. Or no, one no, through one six. You're six. right. You're right. It was just an extreme deep dive into like George Lucas, the vision behind the project, how it happened, what it was based on. And George Lucas just flat out, he's, he comes right out and says it. He's like, you know, the archetypes of Star Wars are very heavily based on the work of Joseph Campbell, who is an author. I can't remember the name of his book that he wrote, if you wouldn't mind looking that up. But um, it's it's a book about like mythological archetypes and it's drawing from like syncretic occult mystery traditions as well. Yeah. So he's, he's flat out saying it like, you oh, know, yeah. this shit's based on the mystery tradition. I think he has, he has a couple. Hero's Journey. The Hero's Journey, oh, I think, uh, is the journey. one. Yeah. The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yeah. And, yeah. And the Power of the Myth. Those the, are the all about, myth. those are extremely famous books that describe like story archetypes yeah. or mythology they, archetypes. They, you, yeah, but 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 what it's saying in in the very strict terminology without just saying it is it's like based on the occult and the wisdom traditions. Yeah. They're just not saying that. He, he, he at other points in that, he talks about Buddhism, you know, Zen right. Buddhism and stuff like that too. Right. So, I mean, it's, it is obviously like pretty inspired. And the first hint of that that you get in episode four is when they're in Obi-Wan's like hut and Obi-Wan is explaining the force yeah. to Luke. And he's like, it surrounds us and penetrates us. It's the the uh, life force between all things. Mm. And, you know, he explains that- It like, binds the universe together. Yeah, and that we're all from the force and will return to the force, you know, it, it, all this stuff. It's, it's very spiritual. It's like the esoteric God force energy field. It, it's the same thing. It's based on that. Yeah, we, and that's another thing we say all the time on the show when we're talking about, like, collective consciousness and stuff like that. Like, we're like, it's the force. Yeah. It, it's the Like, force. literally. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and then, yeah, so, okay, Alex, you were saying you really like Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, Han Solo respecter. He's awesome. Uh, <laughs> okay, now I get to subject you to the mo- one of the most famous Star Wars questions ever. Oh, God. Who it's shot gonna first? It's going to go over his head, man. Yeah, I know it is. He didn't see the originals yeah. as a kid. So there's this hot debate, Alex. You remember in the tavern when they were in um, the cantina, Mos Eisley Cantina, yeah, and Han shot that alien. Uh huh. So there's this like highly debated thing. What of, what, what was the conflict there? Um. I, oh oh. Uh, Han owed Jabba a bunch of money, right? And Greedo, with the alien, was there to like try to collect on his debt and whatever. And Han was like, "I don't have the money. I'm gonna get it to him as soon as possible." And Greedo was basically like, "Time's up. You got to give me the money." or I'll shoot you right now. And there's this like hot debate. Did Greedo shoot first or did Han shoot first? Don't care. Yeah, who Han's cares? Han's in the right. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, well, he <laughs> he owed money to a gangster and, yeah. and he killed a guy okay. for trying to collect on it. So I don't know if he's in the right. At but. the time watching, you're like, I don't know if he's in the right. I don't know this guy. And then you meet, what, Jabba? And you're like, yeah, that, that dude's in the right. Right, right. So yeah. Jabba is a notorious like, war criminal gangster like he's he's bad news yeah some bad things are for good yeah 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 absolutely and that's a recurring theme (laughs) i was gonna say that that kind of pops up quite a bit in star wars so okay uh uh so we meet leia in one or two in one one and then we find out they're related in two yeah yeah but there's a little teaser because she feels they're connected by the force. No, so. you don't find out they're related until the sixth movie. You're right. You're you're right. Yeah, you find out that Darth Vader is Luke's uh, father in the right. fifth one. So I think I'm thinking in the fifth, mm-hmm. they have some sort of telepathic communication. 
he's in trouble, she's in trouble kind of thing. Yes. And that's through the force. Yes. And if you're paying attention here, you go, oh, he's got it and she's got it. Mm-hmm. They must be related. They, they do that. But keep in mind when it came out in 1980, nobody... 77 was the first one. No, that's no, the no. Fir- the fourth one. Also, yeah. I mean, I'm also like at a head start because I hang out with you guys and yeah, we did yeah. a whole episode on it. And well, so like <laughs> I've got all these things. It's been out for like... 40 or 50 years now. Right. I'm just saying, like, imagine imagine seeing this in 1980. Mm -hmm. This was the most advanced film of all time. Like, you know, like, think about, like, all the movies that came out in the 70s and 80s. They were, like, big hits. You know, you have stuff like Conan the Barbarian. You have, you know, Terminator. All the stuff that came out in the 70s and 80s. Like, it's big stuff. But, like, the the thing about Star Wars is so cool is I feel like it was the first, like, big big blockbuster that had these deep mystical you could say esoteric themes uh-huh. that like i don't know man it just it just, it just blew rocked the, the mind of humanity yeah like yeah. it rocked the world yeah that was a movie where and like you know even to this day like sci-fi movies are kind of niche like not everybody yeah. likes sci-fi movies. It's, it's fading it's much bigger you know now than it was back then but dude imagine the late 70s like sci-fi was incredibly niche but this movie came out and everyone on the planet saw it. Yeah. Everybody was like, I don't care if it's sci-fi, look at it. it it's incredible. Right, like, like right. Well, I'm going to go see that, you know? And, and yeah, you're totally right. It, 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 that probably evolved human consciousness when Absolutely. Star Wars came out. Absolutely. It probably did. It revealed a lot. You know, it didn't come out and say it, but it, it revealed so much rich esoteric wisdom that I think that's like part of the reason, you know, like, you know, there was already Star Trek right. in the 60s and beyond. And, you know, like sci-fi is, is, is this or that. Like, it, you know, it's, it's not super popular today. I mean, really, like, you know, trending in pop culture it's superhero stuff, anime, like sci-fi yeah. is not really like what it was, but like what sets Star Wars apart is we're talking about space wizards with laser swords here. Yeah. With magic and psychic powers. It's, it's like fantasy in it's space. Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. It's what is spiritual. it? Hokey, hokey religions and ancient technology. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's. And a good blaster at your side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it, it is. It, ha- it, hit, it hit something that, that nothing had hit at that point. Yeah. yeah you know? The cool uh, one of the cool things about episode four too is like it it does dip your toes into the mystical stuff for sure, but it doesn't go real hard until episode five. Episode five, they just threw a caution to the wind and were like, we're dropping all the mystical bombs on this one. But I mean, episode four, like I said, for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. One of the big, like, mystical, esoteric, occult, whatever you want to call it, like, significant moments that happened in episode four is when Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fought. Right. And, you know, you, you, you see Obi-Wan have this, like, premonition or this thought or feeling or something, and he just, like, holds his lightsaber still and lets Darth Vader strike him down. And well, he, he says something. Oh, he told Darth Vader, strike me down and I shall become more powerful than you could ever imagine. Yeah. 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 And then he lets him kill him because he can tell that Darth Vader is still bent on killing him because, you know, he's, he wants to exact his revenge on Obi-Wan. And there's, I think there's something to be said, too, about Luke and Luke's limited time with his master. Mm. and how powerful Luke became and what he did having a fraction 
of the master time yeah. that the people before him did, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot about his uh, lineage. Absolutely, it does. Before Disney bought Star Wars, again, this is old inside baseball of like literally everybody else in the world who liked Star Wars back then, you know, like you you just weren't there for this kind of stuff. You know, you weren't part of the elite, like everyday person of the world who who watched Star Wars before they were like 25, you know what I mean? But was, uh, I'm 24, so... Oh, shoot. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, you'll be 25 this month. He'll be next week, he'll be 25. Yeah. Or the week after. But, Happy you know, early but birthday, like, Alex. Jokes aside, you know, just sarcasm aside, George Lucas came out and he was like, Luke Skywalker is the strongest Jedi who has ever lived. That was his, that was his idea of Luke was like, even though, you know, uh, Anakin was the chosen one who, who would balance the forest. Luke was like the Jedi with the strongest potential of all like ever. And then of course, Disney gets involved. Okay. They have a different idea. You just said that, right? Anakin balanced the force. Luke's strongest Jedi ever. Yeah. There would be no Luke without Anakin. Right. So who balanced the force? Anakin. Yeah. Anakin, Anakin did. Anakin never stopped being the chosen one. Everything that happened was supposed to happen exactly the way that it happened. All right. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I know, uh, you're getting me hot. Yes. All right, so Darth Vader killed the Emperor. This is what I want. We're going to breeze past uh, six. We'll yeah, come back. Okay. We don't we'll have come to do back. the whole plot thing. No, we're going to come back. Okay. So one through three, I started developing this theory. And if, I'm, if this is just old news to you, then tell me. Stop me. Don't let What's me What's the theory? <laughs> Anakin, Darth Vader, is the journey of man. Yes, he is. He's Lucifer. He 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 well, is. Well, and Christ. Dude, no, yeah, exactly. He is the the he second is, episode of the man podcast is, is about is, that. He is born a not like he doesn't know who he is, and so he's born a human being with original sin because he has all of the desires of someone who wasn't brought up in the Jedi Temple. He wants to love. He was attached to things. He has this ego about him, and that's not his fault. And then he goes through this whole transition and becomes aware and then dies and is resurrected and sent to heaven. Absolutely. Real quick, I want to show you this. Maybe we can include it in the episode. Look, Alex, that's like the most paint, famous painting of Lucifer. Ooh, show the camera. And that's Anakin. Oh, yeah, look. You, you could probably see it, right? Uh, wait for it. Is it like wait out of for focus? it. There it is. There it is. Yeah, so it's like a comparison. There's a shot where... Like, they basically mirror the painting, the famous painting of Lucifer, and it's Anakin. And, like, we've talked in a, in a recent episode about 
how, you know, um, what's it, uh, theosophically, this, like yeah. the- theosophically, Lucifer is seen as like a representation of the journey of man. Right. So, yeah. Like Alex, descent I think, from the spiritual and then we're here in the material and we're learning these lessons through trial and suffering and struggle. Yeah. I, I think Alex, you're right on the money. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you caught it, um, in episode one, but you know who, um, Anakin's dad is, right? The force. The fo- yeah. It's God. Yeah. The yeah. Force. He, he, he's he, also Christ. He, right. Yeah. He literally was an immaculate conception. Right. He, he, he was an immaculate right. conception. He, so he that appeared. brings me to my first note. Okay. And this is episode one, arguably my favorite episode same of it's 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 tied between one and three for me one so, gets a lot of uh hate it but does. it is amazing it's a master it's, it's my favorite and i just want to take a moment to talk about anakin's mother let's go shmi who and i just want to talk about motherhood because she is such an underrated character yeah with such an important job and did ex- did her duty like selflessly she Damn, did dude, not facts. hold him back she and it's like and and it's it touched me a little bit because my mom's going through the same thing oh i'm not i'm i'm not anakin or i might be you are um <laughs> but you know i'm out of the house my little brother mm-hmm. getting ready to move away mm-hmm. and my mother feeling very like empty nester about it yeah and it's not it sucks but it's it's like you did it like your mission complete and your mission, you're not over. Like your you know, your kids aren't gone. Right. But it's like, she let him go, did not hold him back, did not shed a tear in front of him mm. and did like, just, just so underrated. Like, like you did such a good job and I can't, I can't really find the words without wow. being so sappy about it. But like that whole thing really hit me because she could have made it so hard for him to leave. She could have. And she could have been so jealous that it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. Let's light one for Alex's mom. Let's light one for Alex's mom. This is for you, Alex's mom. Teresa. Teresa. Teresa Shmee Skywalker. Teresa Shmeesha. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you know what, Alex? <laughs> Alex. Teresa Shmeesha. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, uh, I, I I have to admit, I didn't think you would say anything that like didn't occur to me already, and that might sound like pompous or whatever, but it's not like that. Well, you've seen the movies a hundred times. I have. You've seen them and, once. And so. you know what, man? I've never like given Shmi time. I've never given time right. and been like, oh, damn. Like, she really goes hard as hell. bad ass and, I mean, mom. Think even before, think even before he left. I mean- he, she recognized his talents. Yeah. She gave him support. The, the support and the free range to go and explore his abilities. She could have stopped him from pod racing. Yeah. Her she rapport with Qui-Gon was amazing, Dude, too. oh my God. And you know what it was? It was her faith. She was talking to Qui-Gon and she was like, there was no father. She, she said, there was no father. I had him. I know he's meant for greatness. Right. I know he's meant for great things. So like, it was her Just faith. Just so selfless. Oh, dude. So selfless. Uh, yeah. And, it, and it's like to moms everywhere who are giving every ounce of, of themselves mm. for their children. Mm. Shout out to all y'all all-star moms out yes. there. It's, it's got to be one of the hardest jobs on the planet. Yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to you all are the moms. shaping and molding the future. Thank you. Shout out to the moms. Dude, come on with the heat, Alex. I'm so, proud of you, dude. All right. Yeah, you want to shift gears a little bit? Get yeah, a little bit okay, more but Star real, Wars? But real quick, did it like... so? 
I never had that deep emotional connection to Shmi. So did you like, did it fuck you up when she died? I felt like Anakin. Yeah. I, I would have done the exact same thing and more. <laughs> <laughs> I when he the probably my favorite part of six movies is when he comes out of that tent and oh. just cuts the head off of those uh what are their names Tuscan, Ra- the Tuscan, Tuscan Raiders. Raiders yeah uh, like dude it's pretty raw wasn't it oh my oh, god it's so raw he killed the younglings he killed the men and the women and the children too and they're animals and I slaughtered them like animals yeah ooh that's pure anger right there and yeah. I felt that yeah yeah, yeah. like and I would have done the same thing. And it goes back to what you were saying about the genius writing, Alex, because like you're watching it and you're like, God, he should not be doing that. But right. like, I, I can't blame him. Yeah. Like, I can't. They, they tortured his mother endlessly and enslaved her. And then she died slowly and painfully I from did, her wounds. I loved her, her passing. Oh, really? Like, yeah. the timing of it. It, like, I felt, re- like, resolved. Mm. Like, I'm glad that those last 30 seconds were the last 30 seconds. Mm. But I would have done exactly the same thing. Yeah, and did, I would have did, found more Tusken Raiders <laughs> to continue on going. What, what, did, uh, what did she say to him? She said, what did she say to him as um, she was dying? She's like, she said something like, I am complete, or like, thank you, I love you, I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, in her dying moments, she she, still- she was just like, yeah, that's all I wanted. Uh, just to you, see you again. Oh yeah, she's like, you came back. You yep. came back, and he you told came her back he would. For me, he told her he would. Yeah, he, exactly. He's like, I told you I would, mom. Oh. Well, I just keep thinking. You know, we all watched the third movie together last night, and I keep thinking about like how when he was having the premonitions about Padme dying, and he was like, I won't lose you. Like I lost my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the trauma of his mother like pushed him. Yeah. You know, it was so integral that, to his to me, being. And I started thinking about this last night after the movie is this destiny thing. Mm-hmm. And he has these dreams about Padme. And that's the main driver to the dark side. Mm-hmm. It's fear. The attachment. Fear. Attachment to her. So he's having these dreams and trying to run away from destiny mm. and is running headfirst into destiny. Absolutely. And that's how it's usually represented in fiction, too. You try to, you try to run from your destiny and it just pushes, pushes you towards it. But I think that's real life. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when he first had those nightmares about Padme dying and then he goes and he seeks counsel from Yoda, but he doesn't tell him mm, he's yeah. having nightmares? Because he's like, he can't rat on himself for you know being Jedi or not supposed to right yeah and he's going to yoda he's like i'm having these dreams these nightmares premonitions maybe uh, about people dying horror and yoda says death is a natural part of life rejoice for those around you who transform into the forest mm. we must learn to let go of our control mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it's i mean Dudes, come on so so one of the most like famous quotes from yoda in the whole star wars series is when it might have been in two or or it might have been in three, but I don't I don't remember seeing it last night. But he says, "Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. These are the dark side of the force." Yeah. He might have actually said that in the in the original movies. Like, I don't fear leads to hate, anger. Yeah, I think whatever. And fear, then anger, the anger, hate. Uh, hate leads to suffering, dude. And here is the crazy thing. You literally throughout the six movies see Anakin go through all of those. Yeah. He is afraid to yeah. lose the people he loves. 
which leads him into anger. He starts murdering the Tusken Raiders, and he'll do anything to prevent Padme from dying, which Sidious tells him, Palpatine tells him, you're going to have to go and slaughter all the Jedi. And, and then, your former master. Yeah, then you'll, be more, then you'll be powerful enough. And that, that mentality of Anakin having to like cut his emotions off and just brutally slaughter people, that led him into that deep hate. And then look where it ended up. He, his best friend cut all of his limbs off and burned him in a magma lake. And yeah. he, is, he is a walking, like he's, you know, they say, Obi-Wan says he's more machine now than man. Like he is living in a state of pure agony and suffering. I thought about that like karma mm. being manifested, you know, but like I, I thought of a few things in that moment. That reminds me of, it's totally not related to Star Wars, but it's the same thing, you know, same esoteric message when Itachi tells Sasuke, like, you have to kill your best friend to oh. develop your Mangekyo Sharingan. But, you know, if we're thinking about this from a syncretic or syncretistic standpoint of, like, looking at these mythologies, you could say Star Wars is a mythology, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we're extracting the spiritual data, the spiritual wisdom that's, like, hidden beneath the core. It's like... The the symbolism there is like I think Alex's theory is correct. You know, it's like oh, yeah. you know, uh, Anakin is Anakin is not only the story of man, but it's also like the story of the path to enlightenment, and and it shows you both sides. It shows you like if you take the left hand the left hand path, which is uh, service to self. You know, he's selfishly disobeying the good and the will of the macrocosm mm-hmm. to further his own power for his own selfish material gains. But it was for Padme. Well, no, it wasn't. It no, was for it himself. Wasn't. It was for him. He said he, he didn't know how to live without her. He killed her. Yeah, he killed her. That he, nightmare he had, he manifested it through his selfishness dude, he, and he, evil. He choked her. He, he choked her pregnant like, like he... He literally killed her. Yoda or Obi-Wan literally... Uh, no, no, no. Sidious at the end tells no, him, it seems in your anger, you've killed it, her. Yeah, his anger killed yeah, her. Yeah, which... He manifested his nightmare because mm-hmm. he, he took the left hand Well, he was path. having nightmares of his destiny. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it's like the free and will thing. It's running. like right hand path versus left hand path. And that's what I love about Anakin. Because then, you know, we, we know that like we're constantly reincarnating upwards and learning lessons in between lives. I know that he's just living one life, but it's... It's, it's, it's symbolism here, right? right? So let me interrupt you real quick because we're, we're really close. So in episode three, he walks into the Jedi temple to slay all the Jedi, mm-hmm. right? Ryan, what? The cross, the symbol of the cross, the Spirit vertical and act, matter. Uh-huh. And when he walks into that temple, he is walking across the matter axis. <laughs> so he is walking the path of man being material and attached into the Jedi temple before he kills all the Jedi. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, so so now that you've had time to process episode three, what, what did you think about it? I want to back up real quick. I got notes on one. Okay, bet, bet, bet. Let's go. Back to one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's the dual fates, right? Yep. Dual Darth fates. Maul. So obviously, fantastic battle, great oh, choreogra- choreography, dude. whatever. But I thought, after watching this, I was like, what a great snapshot and... Just if you wanted to know about the dark side in one battle, that's the battle to watch. It because is because he essentially kills. Uh, um, uh, can, no, help me, Qui Gon. Qui Gon, Qui Gon, and his lightsaber sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. And then Obi Wan is hanging. He Darth Maul kicks the blue lightsaber off the ledge, 
Now, this is where faster, easier, more seductive Mm -hmm. comes into play, but he didn't think it all the way through because Qui-Gon's lightsaber is still there. So he is so wrapped up in what he's doing in the moment, Darth Maul is, because he's a Sith. He doesn't realize the long term that the other lightsaber is over here, and that is his downfall because Obi-Wan jumps up, grabs the other lightsaber, becomes the master, switching colors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Symbolic. <laughs> like, that's obvious one. master saber. Yes, that's the obvious one. But I just thought the whole Darth Maul did not think it through to be very um, yeah. foreshadowing to the, to the Sith. Well, that's how the Sith, that's how the Sith fight. Like the, Passion. Exactly. They look inward. They react with passion. They like, they exalt their emotions. They, they it's their like, right. it's, it's their driving force is yeah, their it's emotions. Not, they're not processing as well as the Jedi. That's illustrated with in the third movie when, when Lord Sidious starts fighting, he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. he's like geeking out. He's it, loving it. He's like licking his lips. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's emphasizing his lust, his, his kind of like, you know, not to be inappropriate, but kind of like orgasmic no, yeah, desire to he, slaughter these Jedi. He has like bloodlust. He's right. giggling. And right. like it's, it's really, really creepy. But the amazing thing is the Jedi, the way that they fight is they literally just let go, let go of everything and let the, they let the force guide their blade. I mean, look at Luke, his first training with a lightsaber blindfolded yeah. him and you just gotta you have Use to your feel feelings. it you gotta feel the force you have to feel where the force is trying to guide you before we get too far i wanted to bring something to alex's attention that he that he might not have like clicked on his first watch through so in episode four right um obi-wan and darth vader are fighting and you see this moment it's not explicit it doesn't say it out loud but you can gather the context here from all six movies the jedi that are powerful enough in the force they can sense the future i mean you you saw it last night in the third movie mace right. windu's like i sense a plot from the sith to destroy the jedi yoda's like i sense this i you know they yeah. can they can feel into the future in a For limited sure. way Yeah, obi-wan knew that darth was gonna kill him obi-wan knew that that had to happen for that Luke to progress through his destiny. He Absolutely. Knew. But but where did we see that again? Qui-Gon. Episode one. Qui-Gon. Yeah, Qui-Gon. He meditated. He sat there and he meditated. And he allowed Darth Maul to strike him down because exactly mirroring, you know, Obi-Wan's, Obi-Wan repeated the same fate that his master repeated for him. Yeah. And both times, like, they they knew, like, my death will be a sacrifice for my pupil to become the master and, and you and, know. And fulfill the destiny. Right. Yeah. You, and it's very subtly done in Self-sacrifice. Episode, yeah. It's subtly done in episode one, but if you watch when Qui-Gon is fighting Darth Maul right before he gets stabbed in the gut, he stops for a second. He lets he him. He pauses, and he makes a face, like, oh. He, he, he like... Fully realizes in that moment, like, okay, here it is. I gotta, I have to, I have to let myself die. Right. And the Sith process of that is the inversion. Yeah, they kill their masters in their sleep yep. and all this and that. It's they, they it's beautiful. The, the 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 illustration of like the right hand path, which is in in simple terms, it is service to others. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 know, self sacrifice, not literally killing yourself, but you know, helping others, compassion versus the left hand path, service to self, lust for power. Lust for um, gain, greed, you know, all that. The illustrate. There's nothing better, you know. Like Star Wars nails it. Yeah, and and like the way that they describe the Force too. Like if you read some of the deep lore of Star Wars, like when when a, a Sith and a Jedi are clashing, like 
it's just the force working itself out. It's right. already pre-written what's going to happen. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really just kind of like automatically following the force's will without even knowing it. They're just the physical representation of what's happening in the astral realm or in the force realm or whatever. So Anakin's journey, the uh-huh. will of the force? The what? The yes. Wi- the will of the force. Yes. A hundred percent. All of it. Everything that happened was because, dude, the force spit out a guy. The, the force <laughs> literally was like, you have to be here. And like, like he, yeah, everything was pre-written. It the was, more you watch the movies too, the more mind blowing it gets. Cause you see so many things you haven't noticed. Oh, like it's, yeah. it's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, the force literally spit out a guy and you know, uh, there's a lot of theories that you're, um, you're downplaying Shmi again. What do you mean? The force spit out a guy. I mean, dude, it's immaculate conception. Like, literally, literally. uh, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) There's theories that um, Plagueis was the one that put put Anakin in in Shmi, which I don't I don't know. But I mean, hey, it could have be it it could be it could be the force working through Plagueis to do that who knows but i wanted to highlight something just just the concept here remember um sometime in the last i don't remember exactly when we did this episode but it was the karma episode remember around the time we did pinocchio i think we recorded them the same weekend yeah yeah and they came out shortly after each other but something that we talked about when you study the laws of karma i think there's 12 laws it's like anything that is truly good and that is truly selfless and that is bred from compassion and like right living right intention in the cosmic, you know, like not, not on the individual micro scale. Like I live 70 years and poof, I'm gone. But like in the cosmic scheme of things, anything that is manifested through goodness takes a much longer time because it's permanent. It, 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 it is a more subtle change over the long term for things to manifest. And I just think about it like the galaxy was enslaved by the emperor for, I mean, we can speculate it was 30 or 40 years, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. between What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit all of this starting in the first movie till Luke, you know, defeating them in episode six. It's, yeah. it's, it's not super long, but, um, but at the end of it all, it was balanced out and light was brought on the people. But think about like individual daily life. You know, you see people like, 
I mean, I don't want to like bring hate on anybody and name dropping, you know, like you think about people like Jeff Bezos or like mm. Bill Gates or like these ultra billionaires, mm-hmm. trillionaires who have, and, and this is a very rudimentary example, but you have people in life who have made great fortune and great fame and great recognition for themselves and great luxury by stepping on other people. Yeah, It's that left-hand path, that Sith service to self lifestyle. And then you have people that you know, you know, everybody knows somebody who's just such a kind modest, loving soul. And sometimes you're just like, oh, they're just barely making it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think about like mom and pop businesses that mm. just go out of their way to take care of the people that are there for them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? In, in correlation to your Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Type. And like it clearly illustrated in the movie that Sidious was in terms of like raw battle power. I mean, sure. His battle with Yoda was technically a stalemate technically, yeah. you know, but like, even Yoda was telling Obi-Wan, like, you're not powerful enough to defeat him. Mm-hmm. It goes out of its way to explain to you that, you know, two Sith can take on all the Jedi. There's so yep. much more, like, raw destructive power. But, like, you know, in the end, they lose. Yeah. The good takes this much longer time of all of these devoted neophytes and disciples, like, surrendering their control and their will to the will of the higher power, God, or in this case, the Force, mm-hmm. and letting it slowly and subtly work out the the um the events of of you know the everyday in the micro and the macro for it to be balanced forever yeah you see you see what i'm getting at here oh, absolutely. it's like the and good takes time to manifest yeah yoda yoda describes that in episode five and it's probably the thing that i quote the most on the show when he says the dark side is quicker easier and more seductive he he means that but like, it destroys you oh yeah but it, it'll destroy you but i mean he means that it is quicker like you know, we make examples, we talk about people in the real world who have dark intentions and will twist this occult knowledge and do really bad, fucked up dark things, stuff. dark, dark things uh, to as like a quick catalyst to make big magical things happen, big thing manifestations happen in their real lives. You know, that might be, who knows, that might be why, you know, some of the, some of the messed up things you see happening on the news, you never know. You, you really never know. Right. I mean, right. even even in the olden days, in the medieval times, they were sacrificing, you know, even in the Bible, they're sacrificing people, good and bad, sacrificing people to make magic happen, to make things happen quickly. It's quicker. It's easier because it doesn't take as long. And it's more seductive because it's like addictive. It's like when you start, I mean, Get look at results. Look at Anakin. Look at Anakin. Well, his how- eyes are turning yellow. Did you notice that, Alex? As Anakin is yeah. becoming Vader, his eyes are turning yellow like Sidious's. He's getting that power immediately from just like turning off his emotions. And he's he's basically like ritually sacrificing people. I mean, it's, you is. know, if you think out of the box about it. No, he, no yeah, that's not so far out of the box. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's like you have the Jedi, on the other hand, who from childhood devote their entire lives to being an acolyte of this this faith-based, merit-based system where they devote themselves to the will of the God force and goodness and the light. And they spend their whole lives like what's so cool about the Jedi is at every waking moment, according to their tenet, it's like you have to be calm and neutral and not have attachments to anything, literally Buddhism. Buddhism. Like Zen Buddhism or Tibetan Buddhism. Straight up. 
It's Buddhism. It's crazy. It's like Rainbow yeah. Body. Like they're they're, well, they're they're trying to achieve Rainbow Body, and yeah. they do. They, they go into they the force. They become Force ghosts. Like, yeah, straight up, they merge with the Force. What were you gonna say, Alex? I was just gonna say the moral of the story is: do not fall in love with politicians, no, <laughs> ma- no matter how good looking they are. Do not do it. <laughs> you think that was the main problem? Also, don't seduce a Zen monk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. What about that? <laughs> you have any notes on episode two? Yeah. Yeah, because full, full Episode two, third eye headset. What? That's what I wrote down. When uh, Obi-Wan's in the oh. uh, cruiser, the headset that they wear right. while they're in the ship flying, um, right. I don't remember this part, touches their third eye, and then it goes down to their... to their. So they're driving the ship with their third eye, essentially. Which, like, which planet? What did it look like? In any of the cruisers they got in. Yeah, like when, this, like the okay. I haven't seen episode two in just a few years, so I can't. Well, I can't even in three, armor even in three, when oh, they're, just when like they're the flying in their ships in space. Uh-huh. Yeah, when they're flying into Grievous's ship, he's wearing this third eye, like this headset that stops at the third eye. Right, dude, it's so crazy. I'm just remembering, like you know, there, there's so much that happens throughout Star Wars, but even even in episode four, you can see the Force like manifesting its will like even at the very end of the fourth one when luke has to like close his eyes and meditate to shoot down into that vent. yeah the oh. Death Star. do you know what i'm realizing yeah yeah what? well i don't want to cut you off no, no, that's a great good. point do you remember in in four when he's supposed to be training with yoda luke is supposed to be training with yoda no and that's like, five yoda doesn't come in okay yeah, i'm sorry five and he's like no my friends are in trouble i have to leave uh-huh that's so Similar to his father. Well, how, how so? What do you I mean, mean, think about it. All the times, like when uh, Padme got pushed out of the helicopter, fell out of the helicopter, and he's flying into the building to to mess up Grievous. That, yeah. Or not Grievous, um, uh, Dooku. And he's like, we have to go back for Padme. Yeah. But, or or in like... Dude, he's exactly like his I father. He's yeah, a, I mean, in so many ways right. he is. You, you know, and originally, like, there are some moments in the original... Uh, trilogy where you kind of see Luke on a teetering point where he could start to go towards the dark side. Especially in Return of the Jedi. Yes. When he's it, fighting Vader. Exactly. He overwhelms him with power. Mm-hmm. And and Sidious is like, good. <laughs> Do it. Good. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he feels Luke's anger. And it's, and like I said, it's amazing that with the limited time that he had with his master, that he was able to not be seduced. Mm-hmm. And then I think that Darth Vader saw that and said, and knew, I mean, he knew it was his kid. Mm. Darth Vader saw him not get seduced the way that he was mm. and then had that soft moment and then killed Sidious. Yeah, yeah. And then like, come on, the, the moment when... The, he's like dying and Luke's like, we have to get you out of here. And he's like, no, it's too late. And he's like, I got to save you. And Darth Vader's like, you already have. Oh, it's also, me. again, it's like what we talked about in, I think the Akira episode where it's like Akira went to the dark path, but then in the end, he still ascended to God consciousness. Oh, uh, Tetsuo? Or, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not Akira, but right. you know, in that episode, Darth Vader, he, he takes this dark path, but then at the end, he's, he's, he's still redeemable. And honestly, you know, you can't even really imagine what would have happened if he didn't do that. But that truly is the way that it had to shake out. I mean, it, they make that clear, like yeah. the force. Well, and it just makes me think of religion. Uh-huh. Like, you, you know, 
you could be Darth Vader. You could be, you could be out there. You could be worse than Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And you can still be forgiven. Mm. And you can still ascend to be a force ghost. Oh, dude, absolutely. Look at uh, like Luke and Padme both at one point, that at different points say about Darth Vader, like, there's good in him. I feel yeah. it. Yeah, right before I, she died. Yeah, there's good. In, yeah, she, those were her dying words. There's good in him. There's good in him. And then Luke, when he's like face to face with Darth Vader, there's good in you. I can feel it. Oh, I feel it. No. So she sang that. And Obi-Wan is holding Luke right next to her. Oh, shit. And I'm thinking, right. Oh, my God. Like He is absorbing that information, even though he's an infant child. Well, he feels it through the force. Well, yeah. Right. But but, like, it's pretty crazy. It's so poetic. Yeah. It's symbolic. It's poetic. There are a lot of moments like that in Star Wars. I want to remind you guys, we talked about this in episode two. Of the podcast. I'm talking like two years ago, episode yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is speculation, but in Kabbalah, you know, there's the 10 Sephirot, or there's the nine Sephirot, and then the 10th, which is like supposedly the convergence of all realities. In, 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 uh, in, in Kabbalah, the 10th Sephirot is Da'ath, D-A-A-T-H, which is the Hebrew word for knowledge or gnosis. It's the special kind of knowledge that is unique to the consciousness. So it's like, imagine it being like passing through the metaphysical doorway where the the mystical invisible knowledge is received mm. so like you know these 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 jedi they get seduced to the sith they pass through this doorway of the forbidden you know the forbidden arts and they receive this knowledge that is not considered acceptable by the other jedi i don't yeah. know I, I wonder if he was playing on this word when creating darth you know yeah yeah so darth. essentially his name means all knowing father darth vader yeah I mean, yeah, you could think about it like that out of the, the box. father of Gnosis. Oh, it's speculation, but yeah, the father of Gnosis, like it's, it, which is like low key some Lucifer type shit. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, like it's pretty crazy. There, there's, it's one of those, it's one of those stories that like you could look at it from ten different angles and get ten different like rich spiritual meanings from it. Right. Like it's just packed to the brim with allegory. I also think of Anakin's descent into Darth Vader as being like the symbolic dark night of the soul that we all experience when we are awakening. Cause it's like shadow work. Like when we awaken to a higher reality, when, when we reach a state of vibration and gnosis where we are like, existentially aware that we are an immortal light being, it, mm. it, it's kind of like it's heavy at first. You know, oh yeah, because because we come face to face with our shadow side, our traumas. I mean, it's not easy to awaken. No, and I think Darth Vader is like very symbolic of that. Sh- you know, the dark night of the soul. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine he's he. You know, since he was a small, since he was ten years old, he just he found out about the Jedi and he just wants to be a Jedi. And he's been training to control his emotions and to not feel things and not be attached and none of that stuff. And then suddenly he like starts developing feelings on his own and it's he's having this internal struggle between like the path of enlightenment the the spiritual path and the matter path he's like like power and he's like it feels good to be attached to these things but i'm not supposed to be attached to these things because i want to be a great jedi but it's seductive because it feels good yeah it feels good in the moment you know he's feeling anakin is feeling like very uh, disrespected or like shirked by the Jedi Council, like he doesn't matter yeah. to them. He's not important to them. Well, it, you know, they did a good job making him feel that way. 
They did, yeah. They, yeah, but they were right. They, they were right. They, they were right yeah. the whole time. They, they were. They I could mean, feel it the whole time. They kept saying, "I have a sense of plot. Something yeah, about him's not right." Not they right. were right. He's not ready. They kept. He's not ready, and it's because like they probably had that little kernel of a feeling like this could go south, and if it does, and it did, and it did exactly. <laughs> yeah. It well, did. did it go south? Because well, it did. Yeah, it went south, and it had to go south to go north. Well, right. I mean, like destiny played out regardless. Right. But if the if the Jedi Council had given him, I, I want to say more respect, but but really it would be more communication and more damn openness if they would have been like, "Look, you're not ready, and this is why." Not just you're not ready. Sit down, boy. Well, I mean, these are like old enlightened masters and he's like a 20 something year old kid who's like trying to get buck with him yeah. you know also like, a 20 something year old kid here. that could probably kick their butt i mean not really obi-wan humbled him and obi-wan wasn't even the most powerful one obi-wan mace windu smacked sidious he's by combat ability mace windu was the peak yeah he mace, got he got mace cheated. windu mace windu is literally like he's canon the best lightsaber fighter of all jedi and sith like is that it, how he got a special one no, he got a. You know the story about that? No. Oh my God, bro! This is literally how he got a purple lightsaber. Samuel L. Jackson, when they were doing oh, um, like the real life story, yes. not like the oh, the, listen, no, there is no. Well, they they did retroactively make a lore reason as to why, but Samuel L. Jackson, when they were filming the second one, he just like walked up. There's a video of it. It's in Empire of Dreams. He walks up to George Lucas and he's like. So who makes the decision on the lightsaber colors? And uh, George is like, well, the, blue, the, the good guys are blue and green and the bad guys are red. And he's like, so uh, there's no purple? <laughs> and George was like, we could, maybe, we could maybe give you a purple one. And he got a purple one. That was it. Yeah. That so then they it. were like, well, he's, a, he's also knowledgeable in the dark arts, so he, it's red mixed with blue. But like, that's the real reason. He was like, I want a purple one. Yeah. And so. George was like, dabby dub. <laughs> and they did it. Yeah. But but Mace Windu is canonically the best uh, lightsaber duelist of all. He's kind of like the peak Jedi. Like the he was only, leading the meetings and everything. You know the only person that could like keep up with him in sparring? Qui-Gon Jinn. I believe that. He's the only one. And then like Yoda is the strongest in the force. Right. Like uh, among Jedi. But truly Darth Vader is like leagues stronger then like he darth, like peak darth vader yeah darth vader does things with the force that is just like it doesn't he he like pulls imperial cruisers out of space with the force like he's on a different Do you remember in the show the obi-wan show that came out last year where he's like fighting lightsaber duels with the force that was cool oh, it was like kung yeah. fu like that was cool dude, dude he was like we blocking, should show him that clip he was blocking lightsabers with his hand with the force like yeah, just like that was cool bro and then and then they're trying to escape in that ship and they're like taking off super quick and he literally just stops oh, them and pulls them we should down. show him the clip in rogue one too at the oh, end, when he's chasing him down the hallway. Bro, that, yeah. that is seen insane. It. You have? Yeah, I watched it's Rogue One. unreal, bro. Because yeah, is... me and my buddies watched Rogue One, and then we got walkie-talkies and started driving around calling each other Red Leader, Gold Leader. <laughs> okay, I got, let's, let's geek out for a minute. Let's geek out for just a minute. Let's just get real geeky about Star Wars. Alex, you've seen all six. Which one's your favorite? Episode one? Yeah. Okay, episode one. What's your favorite lightsaber battle? Uh, you tell me that Obi-Wan versus Anakin fight was not 
crazy. So good. Yeah. Dude, think about this. Remember that moment when they were I, fighting on the table and they were doing the exact same moves so they weren't hitting each other? They, they were like spinning the sabers around them in the exact same formation. So it's because he trained him, so they have the same. Exactly. You know? um, yeah. When uh, Anakin cuts Dooku's head off. That was cool. That's my favorite. That shit was sick. I like their fight in the second movie. Yeah, that was where, where like, you know, they they knocked the lights out and Obi-Wan got beat up. So like Anakin has both their sabers and he's fighting with two sabers in the dark. And then Yoda shows up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that just didn't have the outcome I wanted. Well, that's why it's not let go of your control, you know? No, I know. (laughs) But but I liked the uh, the anger and the do it. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like to my favorites are uh, Duel of Fates, like like oh, Qui Gon yeah. and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul is like on, dude. You tell me when you were a kid and you watch Episode One for the first time and you see Darth Maul light up his lightsaber and then a second one comes out. You tell me you didn't shit yourself. Oh, dude, I was like six years old. First of all, yeah, and I was like, oh my god, like this is the best thing I've ever seen. You can do that. Yeah, like, there's, he has a double one. Yeah, like he has two. Because, you know, I'd seen four, five, and six on VHS like a thousand times. Yeah. Do you, do you know what one of my issues with the seven, eight, and nine are? What? Have you seen them? No, uh, well, I know enough of them. Okay. I mean, Ryan's holding one of the lightsabers from yeah, seven, yeah. eight, and nine. Yeah. And my thing is like, you are so right that Darth Maul's lightsaber, stunning. It's right so ahead of its time. It's mind blowing. And then they're like, "Oh, we could just keep doing this." We, yeah. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no! Not everybody gets a special one. This yeah. one's cool, though. Well, no, yeah, it's there, cool, but there it's is like a, there's a lore reason as to like he, he Kylo made it like that. The thing is, in in like Star Wars lore, there actually are dual sabers. There have like always been dual sabers. Like even in uh, old Republic times, there were there were Sith who had dual sabers. Uh, in different forms and fashions too, but that is like just a creation of Kylo's himself. He was just like it, his lightsaber is all fucked up. Like it uses a cracked kyber crystal, so it's like very unstable. And he actually had to put those on the side as vents. Yeah, they're like and exhaust it's, vents. It's just a, it's just like a side effect that it happens to work as a hilt. He put those on there because he uses a cracked kyber crystal, and it he had to vent it. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like seven, eight, and nine are I like them a lot. I'm wearing a Force Awakens shirt right now. Uh, all right, geeking out. Yes, Ryan, what's your favorite lightsaber? Ooh. Oh. Mm, it's either Luke's green one or Obi Wan's. Yo. Uh, or Qui Gon's. I like the hilt. Oh yeah, Qui Gon's is really cool. I like, I love Count Dooku's. I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah, it's cool. Count Dooku's. His hilt is tight. It's like that curve, yeah. like that yeah. crazy. And and when he ignites it, he like does it like down. Like he goes like, and like, a, dude, it's so sick. Yeah, Count Dooku is epic. I also like Yoda's little dainty one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he uses a youngling's training saber. Like he literally, I mean, he, he eventually craft, had one crafted for himself, but it is a youngling-sized lightsaber. I ripped this quote last night when we were watching the movie. I just thought it was so cool in terms of, like, magical knowledge. Sidious, when he was seducing Anakin at that play where they're having that private conversation in secret, he said, if one is to understand the great mystery, 
one must understand and study all of its aspects. He was trying to seduce him to study the dark side. And yeah, you know, yeah like, he's not wrong. But li- but yeah. the great mystery, I mean, li- literally like in the dialogue, they are talking in esoteric. I-, I think of like, I think of like being in the Renaissance era, you know, going to some, to some alchemical society and they're like reading this, this knowledge to you, you know, in order to understand the great mystery. That's, that's the vibe I get from the dialogue of the Jedi and the Sith. For sure. And Alex, you might not know this cause it never really explicitly says it in the movie. It talks about it in the books and stuff, but Qui-Gon is what's considered a gray Jedi. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's because, like, he is a Jedi, but he is knowledgeable in the sides of the, in the, you know, the ways of the dark side. Um, and Which it's is, interesting that he was the first one to become a force ghost. And yep. then his Padawan becomes a force ghost. And then his and then Padawan. his Padawan becomes a force ghost. Yeah. And then his son becomes a force ghost. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Luke, Luke becomes a force ghost. Strange how that works. Strange how that works. And Yoda too. But I mean, come on. We all saw that coming. Yeah, Yoda. Yoda gets what Yoda wants. Yoda, yes, Yoda is. Like, Yoda's Dumbledore. <laughs> you know, you know how old Yoda is. Nine hundred and something. Y- yeah, he's like nine hundred and something years old. I don't. Uh, their aging thing is crazy because like Grogu in the show is like fifty and he can't even talk. He's still like a baby. We haven't even like talked about the quotes from Yoda that are just so mind blowing. Like luminous beings are we not the, well, we, I mean, we just talked about some, but not that one, you know, luminous beings are we not this crude matter. I think we yeah. hit that pretty hard in episode, in episode two, but it is like one of the most important quotes because he's basically telling We're light beings of the force. Exactly. Of the God force. Yeah. He is telling Luke, like, you're not this, you're not this crude matter. You're not this thing. You're, you're light. Right, you're you're part of the force, and you're going to return to the force one day. Like rejoice for those around you who have transformed into the force. Yeah, they 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 are literally <laughs> like dying and reaching enlightenment, becoming light beings. Like it's it's so Buddhist, it's so on the nose. Well, it's beyond you know Buddhist is like esoteric. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're talking more like Tibetan Buddhist or like That's what I mean. That's Atlantean wisdom tradition, like yeah. the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Buddhism is like I'm more talking about Zen Buddhism, which is the more esoteric, like those are the ones that when you ascend you become a Buddha, which is one of those little Right. orbs. They're literally like cherubs. There was something else I thought of a bit a bit ago while while we were having this conversation. It's like if you think about it, Star Wars also could be interpreted as the story of Atlantis. Like, you know, we had this precursor society back in episode one, two, and three, where it's like this grand 
council of, you know, thousands upon thousands of Jedi with this heightened spiritual knowledge on how to manipulate reality around them. And then you have this dark side who, just like the story of Atlantis goes, according to Helena Blavatsky or Edgar Casey or whoever, the story goes that there are people who are seduced by the egotistical uses of magic, mm-hmm. right? And they enact a war between the two and there's like this cataclysmic type event where the precursor society is wiped out but you know there's vestiges of the society that survive in secret and hold on to this knowledge and pass it down to initiates in secret you know in the sense that we have obi-wan and yoda yeah who, who are teaching luke the new initiate but then you know as real human history goes, the dark side, for whatever reason, retained power over the macro and the form of the empire. Well, we have, you know, whoever's in control of the world today since the times of Babylon and even before. It's like if, you know, and then there's a there's an age in the movie. It's only 30 or 40 years later. But there's an age where this initiate comes forth. This knowledge begins to spread again. The empire's defeated and then they live in an age of peace. Yeah. It's like the return to the old Atlantean society. Yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. That's a cool way to think about it. I want to say one other thing completely unrelated to that, too. It's okay. very interesting to me how s- the, the illusion of safety led all of this, especially in episode three, led everything down this very, very dark path. Because Anakin is going out of his way to do all of these things to ensure Padme's safety. I mean, it's, it's, it's selfish, mm. but it's like, she must be safe. She must be mine forever. And then the uh, Republic is turning into a dictatorship because mm. they're trying to keep everybody safe. Well, it's the same. That's a great. That's the lie. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. But that, it's also, sorry to cut you off. No, it's fine. also like, you have to step outside of safety to grow. You have to go stand up on your own. And walk with your own two feet and grow. I have a perfect and be yourself. I have a perfect parallel to that. Think about the Jedi and the Sith. Like you, you, you think the whole time like the Jedi are the good guys, the Sith are the bad guys, and that's it. The Sith are evil or whatever. But like they, it's much more nuanced than that. And think about Luke. Like you just said, somebody eventually has to step outside and and mix things up a little bit. What is it that ultimately led Luke? to allowing Vader to fulfill his, his prophecy. It was his love and care for his father, which a Jedi is not supposed to have. A Jedi is not supposed to have feelings and emotions and attachments and stuff like that. Like, so the, the Sith look at the Jedi as these dogmatic robot dogs that have no emotion and they're just mindless and, and they're serving this like mindless purpose or whatever. And you know, the Jedi look at the Sith and they see these like over emotional, overzealous, like power hungry, whatever. But it is more nuanced than that. And that cycle didn't get broken until Luke showed up, learned the ways of the Force, learned the ways of the Jedi, but then said, but it is still important for me to care about my father. Like it is, I can have some attachment. That is the love and the compassion that the Jedi were maybe abusing or, or, or neglecting. Neglecting. Missing. Neglecting. Yeah, 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 missing. Exactly. Because they have compassion to a certain extent. Like, they, they do things self, selflessly, but they're very... But they... So, 
sorry. No. They do things self. So like when Padme fell out of the helicopter, that is the perfect example. Exactly. Because it's like, no, we must remain on the mission, but it also would have been really nice to rescue her. Yeah. Like it would have been selfless to rescue her and it would have also been selfless to go and try to destroy Dooku. So you are then making the conscious decision to put the mission over the feelings. And it's amazing because Anakin was was struggling with the same thing. He was struggling with the same, like... And getting no... Help. Exactly. No help at all. And, and he he was like, I'm supposed to be a Jedi, but I feel like I need to be caring about this stuff too. He just let his resentment, his fear, his anger get the better of him. And he went all the way into the deep end with it, all the way to the dark. Whereas Luke saw what his father became. He saw the example of the thing that he did not want to be, which is interesting. It's a parallel to generational trauma. A lot of us grow up with well, I don't, I don't say us. I don't have a fucked up dad. I love you, dad. You're the best. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you have a father and they are not always an example of what you think a good father should be or an example, of, like a good positive role model. Luke saw his father as the thing he did not want to become. And he saw his shortcomings. He felt the good invader. He felt his intentions. And he made the connection of where Vader fell short. So he was able to find the right balance. Yeah. To say, it's like the new way, like letting go of the old dogma and going forward with the knowledge, but also like, you know, still having the compassion for his fellow person. Yeah. I, I love so that cool. um, father analogy too, because it's like, I don't think anyone has a perfect father. Nobody. No. Especially. Well, know, except we've for talk, Anakin. We've talked about it a lot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We've talked about it a lot. And it's like, if you uh, could be, if you just be a little bit better, if you be everything your dad is and a little bit better, mm. then you're doing good. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you, you learn from the wrongs. Yes. And Luke learned from the wrongs. Right. He was having the same internal struggle as his father. And he knew that. He recognized that. He knew that that's what led Anakin to the dark side. And so he had, all he had to do was make one little course correction. One little thing. Anakin did all the groundwork for him. It was supposed to happen. Right. That's why it was supposed to happen. So that when Luke finally came around, he had an example of what not to be and and how not to slip into that seductive dark side path and everything became balanced really everything really cool balanced. ritual symbolism when, when you look at like ancient mystery traditions that would have rituals you know that that are like reenactments of the great mystery they have colors and it's usually white red and black and white is the color you usually see it on like you know you think about it in in modern recognizable terms who wears white a bride mm. right it's the symbolism of purity, purity or innocence but in you know in ritual symbolism it's like you're pure you are you are ignorant to the knowledge of the great mystery. So when neophytes would appear, I've been through a fraternity ritual, which was like silly. You know, I was 18 years old. I didn't know what I was getting into. They wear those white togas. You know, you always see it. When, when, when people enter into these mystery systems, you wear white. It's innocence. It's purity. And then there's red. You know, you see like red robes would symbolize like descending into the mystery. It's often depicted as like the blood spilled from sacrifice, but mm. it's symbolic of like doing the work, the transformation. It could be the fire, mm. the alchemical fire that's transforming you. But then also in this, in this ritual color symbology, you have the color black, which is usually worn by the initiated master. 
masters. You, you see depictions of, you know, you can go look up old photographs depicting the mystery rituals where the, 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 the ones dispensing the mystery wear black robes. Even in my fraternity, which was modeled on Freemasons, it's like that. And it's funny because in episode four, Luke is wearing white. He's this innocent mm-hmm. little kid. And then in Return of the Jedi... Motherfucker rolls up in a black, all black. suit, murdered like, like out, all black, head to toe, murdered out, and so, he's he's the master. It's yeah. the return of the Jedi Master. Return of it's, the Mac. It's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just cool. Have yeah. we talked about my white shirts no. ever no. on the show? No. So if you guys notice, you guys change. We record three in one day, and you guys change between each episode. <laughs> yeah, to do. give some sort of illusion. So I said, you know, I'm not going to pack three shirts every time we come uh, record. So I'm just going <laughs> to wear white shirts every time, except for one time. And if you can find that episode, <laughs> and if you comment which episode it is, I'll like give you a high five or something. So I wear white every show, and wearing white allows you to. Give off your vibration easier, but also receive vibrations. You are receptive to energy. So if you walk in a room and everybody's happy and you're wearing white, you are like, it's easier for you to accept that energy. Same thing with if they're feeling bad, which is why you wear black to a funeral Uh. because black guards your own. You are not accepting other people's energy wearing black. You are guarding your energy. Wow. Whereas white is passive when it comes to energy and being around people. So basically you're saying you're like a pure little dumb idiot that doesn't know the the ways of the mystery traditions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Which That's is why cool I show I love up your every white week polos. and I take notes. Yes. 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 That's cool though, and right? you do a fantastic freaking job, you beautiful man. You. You, huh? You'll notice in a lot of movies that have like mythological symbolism, the person is like, Wearing white by the end, they're wearing oh, black. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. It's cool. Even in, even in, uh, bro, when we first see Anakin, he's wearing his like little dirty white clothes. Yeah. And then in episode three, he's all, well, he's Darth Vader. <laughs> right. He's, he's all black. I love that kid. Anakin? I love that kid. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the true story behind that kid? Did we not watch it's, it? It's very no, sad. No, 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 the no, no, kid, no, the not the character. The oh, actor. the actor? It's very he, sad. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. He, he got like unrelentingly bullied and harassed. You know, you're a terrible actor. That movie sucked. Like going to school and like, dude, no. he, it, it was, it, it's there. You should look it up. He, he has like, he, um, it like ruined his life. Well, and it, and it, it could have been as a result of this or not. But since then he's like been diagnosed with schizophrenia. No. And, like, yeah. Yeah. And even he has said in interviews, like, yeah, I think it was really traumatic for me and it, it messed something up like in my head. Yeah. And and for a long time, which I, I've seen things a, lately that he's finally doing better now. Oh, and, dude, same because I watched it. Same thing. Yeah. No, same thing happened with the actor who played Jar Jar Binks. He he yeah. He got so much hate that he was you know he was like. And then they said after episode one, we we gotta scale this back. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> we, no we more pull Jar Jar Binks back. <laughs> Way I, back. I like Jar Jar. I did too. I had Love a Jar Jar Binks. Uh, sleeping bag as a kid. He's funny, dude. He's hilarious. I'm ashamed to admit that through four, five, and six, I like I thought three PO was annoying. What? Yeah. You wash like, your dude, mouth out. That's his so whole. Take, he's just bro. a he's just <laughs> a nerd, man. Like he's just like scared of everything. He knows billions of languages. But isn't that like a real personality that no, that I, could I, like potentially okay. exist in a group of people? I want to back. <laughs> right? I want to I mean, back myself. Isn't up. Isn't that a real kind of person? <laughs> I'm gonna back myself up. They did such a phenomenal job with the droids. 
Yes. Oh, you, yes. Do Best you ever. know what they're thinking, what they're feeling? Mm. They convey emotion through beeps and sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm struggling because for a long time I had the Mando um, mentality of no droids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of on the fence about that because like R2, phenomenal piece of equipment. Oh, yeah. R2 but is But they're people, the man. They're not just equipment. Hey, what'd you think about episode three when uh, R2 straight up scrapped those two super battle droids with remember he like poured oil and then set oh, it that on was fire. cool he just straight up scrapped them like i liked when he <laughs> broke them out of um they said r2 now and he like shocked a bunch of people. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. r2's a little badass yeah well i mean he shoots luke's lightsaber at him in episode six yep and He's i love there. i love how the droids came into luke's life oh yeah like that was beautifully done it's fate it was well, fate. destiny. Yeah. It was yeah. There, the, the, the de- destiny is fate. Fate is when you come face to face with your destiny in that moment. Yeah, like it would be okay. fate that you know it's my destiny to do X Y Z. But fate is when I step off the train and so and so is right there face to face with me, helping me fulfill my a destiny. square. Is They're a the same thing. Goal. They go hand in hand. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey guys, I think we did it. That was amazing. No more questions for me. I mean, you got anything? Uh, who's your favorite character and why is it Padme? Well, it's not. It ain't Padme. <laughs> well, it's not, not even close. It's just me my, then? My favorite character, <laughs> my favorite character, like, ultimately, if I had to choose, it would, it's gotta be Yoda. Like, Yoda is Yoda. Like, he's, he's the best. Uh, but also, like, like I said earlier, Darth Vader is legitimately the best written villain of all time. The so, people's villain. I and I have like and I love Anakin and I love watching Anakin, but like when Darth Vader's in that full suit, bruh, and it's oh. James Earl Jones talking. Yeah. That's Mufasa, by the way. Yeah, it's Mufasa. From the Lion King. It's dope. Oh yeah. Anyway, um shout out to all the moms. You didn't ask shout me out my to favorite moms. character. <laughs> Who's you didn't answer. Character? You're playing with your lightsaber. I've <laughs> never been able to uh decide my entire life between <laughs> Obi Wan and Luke. It's Obi Wan. It's one Luke. of those two. I just I can't commit. I mean, know? they're they're both like truly incredible characters. Obi Wan is right up there yeah. for me. I mean, he's one of the best Jedi that ever lived. Oh, facts. without him, it would have never. And also, happened. let's get the record straight. Obi Wan never lost a never battle lost a fight. to Anakin. To and, anyone, really? Well, he lost a couple. Oh, like, to in, Dooku in Episode Two. Right. Yeah, but. He never lost to Anakin. When yeah. when they fought in Episode Four, he let him win. He and and hey, Alex, you watch that Obi Wan show. You'll get to see him fight again. Yeah, you'll get you'll get to see them fight again. If you don't want to commit to you know six episodes or whatever, at least watch the fight. It's super. It good. is. It is super gut wrenching. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. I cried like a baby. They got Hayden oh, Christensen got, back just for that. They did. Yes. Yes, dude. My yes. stunt double. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stunt and they even show flashbacks in it of him when he had like his Padawan braid, and it's Hayden Christensen. Mm. It's, I mean, it's he's older, dude, but, and yeah. he's about to be in the Ahsoka show. Oh, that's cool. That, I think that, that just came out. I think it's out. That's yeah. Cool. I was seeing ads for and, it and this morning. Hayden Christensen's in it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too, yeah. dude. This was so awesome. And everybody, every single one of our listeners, I have a call to action for you now. I need you all to reach out to Alex through any forms. Uh, it could be the comments. Can, it could be the comments. It could be, it could be anywhere. And tell him that next 
No. We're doing Lord of the Rings. Because <laughs> Alex has never seen Lord of the That's Rings. That's not true. And we have to do this same thing with Lord of the Rings. So can't wait for that. You guys all look forward to it. It's going to happen for Coming sure. Coming soon next year or two. Yes. That's fine. Yes. That's fine. We'll wait. We will wait. We'll happily wait. Yo, those movies are hype. Alex has oh. no clue. Dude, just like the raw masculine. Bro. Oh, <laughs> <the> war <laughs> yeah. between millions of troops yeah. and like big badass muscle dudes with swords yeah. like that is alex yeah i know alex is lord of the rings yeah the cave trolls and the, yeah. yeah dude it's it's you're, we're gonna do that we're gonna do that thank you in yeah. advance alex for agreeing to it <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get out of here may the force be with you all may the force be and with remember you. luminous beings are we not this crude matter ready three two one bye, bye guys, guys. Ah! Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.